Hi there, and welcome to the Positive Talk Podcast. Your hosts, Julie and Chuck, are pretty excited about Season 4 and encourage you to settle in. Take a deep breath and enjoy this week's episode while they merge faith and psychology with a twist of encouragement. So, welcome again to the Positive Talk Podcast. Here are your hosts, Julie Homrich and Chuck Allen. Hey everybody, it's a great day to find an encouraging and positive word here at the Positive Talk Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good friend and psychotherapist, Julie Homrich, and I want to thank all of you for joining us. Julie, it's amazing how many people listen to this podcast. I know, I know. It's humbling. Well, it is humbling. It's also a little weighty. You know, you want to make sure that what you deliver is something of value. Mm -hmm. And today's subject is of great value. Yeah, I agree. If you missed the last two weeks, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to episodes one and two from season four. Last week, we talked about the science of sanctification. I mean, just that title. Yeah. You don't normally put those two together. No, no. And yet we found out something really pretty cool last week in the concept of where our peace is housed inside of our body. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like a heart is in our chest, just like a brain is in our head, mm-hmm. then we know where peace resides. But today we want to continue this conversation and talk about something that I think is fascinating, and that is uh, mirror neurons. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so if you were trying to describe like real quick for somebody like me, mm-hmm. how you would describe a mirror neuron, how would you describe it for a layperson to wrap their head around it? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because neuroscientists have actually called it the most transformational discovery in the history of neuroscience. Wow. So that's big. That's big. Right? Yeah. Um, but when we think about mirror neurons, I would think about it in terms of the process of change. How does that happen? How do mm-hmm. we learn new things? Yeah. How do we see something and then emulate it? Yeah. Um, how do we model something? Yeah. And there are actually these neurons in our brain called mirror neurons mm-hmm. that are able to see someone else doing something and the same area in their brain that mm-hmm. is being activated while they're doing it, we, in our brains, the same area is being activated as we're watching them do it. Wow. Okay. So when we when we think about this, we're talking about science and scripture, mm-hmm. and in particular, the science and scripture of sanctification, which is about change. Right. Like change that's happening within us. And I think it's, it's fair to say a lot of what we're talking about today is how does spiritual change happen within our bodies? Within our bodies. Yeah. yeah. We know there's a spiritual element to it, of course, which is the most important, but we utilize change through this vehicle that we yeah, have right. in our body. Um, and I think we all question that at times. How do we effectuate change? in mm-hmm. our lives. Yep. Um, as believers, we know that we have this core source right. to empower us in the Holy Spirit. But I think sometimes we forget that even though we have that source that prompts us and empowers us and gives us what we need, um, God has also given us some tools that we can utilize as we kind of walk out different processes. See, this change. is why I think this is a fascinating conversation. Sanctification, the simplest form of picturing this is how when we receive the gift of of God's spirit, Mm -hmm. because we've entered in this relationship with Christ, Mm -hmm. then what's happening is we are internally changing Mm -hmm. to act, react, think, and attitudinally function more like Jesus himself, right? So with all of that in mind, what we know, and I've heard you teach about this on this podcast, we can change Mm-hmm. no matter what age we are, mm-hmm. no matter what our history has been. Mm-hmm. And we know that this word neuroplasticity is kind of this 
growing element of how we can change the way we think, hence mm-hmm. the way Paul mentions to us in the book of Romans. Renew your renew mind. Renew your mind, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so we know our creator has built us with this ability for neuroplasticity, and we can literally, through things like meditative prayer and worship, being focused on a loving God, it can decrease our fear circuitry. I love to say that. (laughs) It It can decrease our fear circuitry. Like when I was preaching last week, Mm -hmm. I used this data that you shared with us last week. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about how, imagine a world in which you would think with less fear, Mm. act without fear, and react without fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, think of how radically different our world would be. Yeah and to recognize that it is available for any and everybody Mm -hmm. because it is as simple as trying to instill some spiritual disciplines consistently Mm -hmm. into our life. And it's more than just good habits. Right, right. right. It's transformation from the inside out. Yeah, so these transformational things that we do, I mean, I, I think it's worth in this topic to talk about then how does that change actually happen Mm -hmm. because like from a preacher perspective it's easy to talk about it and feel so ethereal yeah you know it's like ooh, right but change in the truest sense of sanctification is very literal Mm -hmm. well there's a process i mean one step leads to the next right we remember when we talked about how our brains they're filled with these neurons they Mm -hmm. link together and they make neural pathways those are the pathways that change um, as we renew our minds those are also the pathways that become the roadmaps for Mm -hmm. our thoughts right which our thoughts affect our feelings right our feelings affect our behaviors right and our behaviors affect our life which would then simply say then if we if if we can change the way we think, mm-hmm. we will inevitably effectuate the way we act and react. Yes, if you change the way you think, you change the way you live. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. change your life. Right. But these neurons, these building blocks in our brain, they aren't they aren't operating in a vacuum in our head. Right. They have to be right. receiving information from somewhere, and this okay. is kind of where think, mirror neurons come deal. into place. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think sometimes we think, well, if God knows all this, why doesn't it just happen? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I I love the way that our creator has wired us in such a way that he wants us to join mm-hmm. in his efforting. Yeah. And we have to fuel. We respond. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We respond to that. Mm-hmm. And our response is part of the mechanism which fuels us change. Which fuels change. Yeah. Any process of change requires a response, yeah. right? Yeah. It requires action. And I think, like you said, God, like <laughs> I just almost called you God, Chuck. <laughs> Gonna- I just, while the video is running, I want to recognize that I've there never need- been called God There before. needed to be a comma there, like you said. Normally, there's a four-letter comma. word that comes after that term toward me. Like but, you, you said, know. God, in his infinite wisdom. Thank you for that clarity, by the way. <laughs> uh, and his love of connection. He chose to wire our brains in such a way that when we observe someone mm-hmm. partaking in a behavior that same area that is firing in their brain while they're doing it mm-hmm. is actually firing in our brain, lighting up while we're watching them do it. Hence the and term mirror. Mirror, mirror yeah. neurons. Have you ever noticed, Chuck, when you, um, maybe when you see someone like stub their toe and they're just in a lot of pain and you kind of like wince, like you see yeah, them in pain, absolutely. you're like, ouch, yeah. like that looks like that. Absolutely. You almost feel it on the inside, absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's, um, that's, the result of mirror neurons. I know I feel, I can't even watch those shows, you know, the, the wipeout shows. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. When people are just like, you Ooh. know, they're running and then they, they slam into things. My 
husband and one of my children just find them hilarious. So I, I laugh through the whole thing. I can't. I have to turn away. I have very active mirror neurons, apparently. I think that's just hilarious. Yeah. Because I laugh through the whole thing. Yeah. Like the more they wipe out, the, the more, more I you enjoy laugh. it. You and my husband are the same. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, this this is what this is the result of, you know, mirror neurons creating empathy. Um, it's like when you see someone yawn. Have you ever been in a room where you see someone yawn and then you start yawning? Oh my gosh, I catch yawns. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Well, most of us do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but I, I have been there. You you're you're in a like a a board meeting, uh-huh. you know, and then one person down at the end of the table goes, mm. and you're like, dang it. Why'd you do that? I no, I'm going to say immediately yawning. everybody in the room is like, I, it's, it's like I took a sleeping pill. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's one piece of it. Our mirror neurons light up. Um, when we see someone yawning, that leads us to want to emulate that behavior. Um, when we learn by modeling, like we watch somebody, um, do something and then we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, we're taking full advantage of that mirror neuron circuitry. Um, and like I said, empathy, the basis for empathy is in mirror neurons. Now mm. there's a side fun fact that I think is really interesting psychopaths don't catch yawns. Have you ever noticed that? Why did you that? look at me when you said this? <laughs> I said, have you ever noticed that? As if you're like constantly around psychopaths. But literally research shows that psychopaths most often don't catch yawns because their mirror neurons are not active. They don't have empathy. <laughs> so so I, I know that in some ways that's a blanket statement, right? <laughs> right. And it's not for every psychopath. But I, I got to admit, I will never sit in a room where yawns are being <laughs> caught somebody, yeah. and not be looking to see who is the person that isn't yawning. Or what if you don't have an instinct to yawn? Are you going to force yourself to do it? You're oh, like, yeah, I better yeah. show that There's I... There's <laughs> no possible way I'm the guy that's not going to yawn now. Yeah. So all of this... It's like, why? I knew my pastor was a psychopath. I knew it. <laughs> well, they talk about this in movies and stuff. You know, they're sitting in the little... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, they're interviewing people and they're like, like that's the, the killer. kind of thing? Yeah. They're like, that's the killer because he didn't yawn and we all did. But there is some truth to that. Wow. So, okay. Why is this all important in the process of sanctification, mirror neurons? Yeah. Somehow we went from sanctification... <laughs> to psychopath. To psychopath. <laughs> let's get back Only on... Only on the positive Let's podcast. get back on track. Okay. What When I think about mirroring in... In light of sanctification, I think of a particular verse in Second Corinthians. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? So, uh, with unveiled face, mm -hmm. beholding as in the mirror of the glory of God. Yes. And we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Yeah. So I, the, the same image is the key here, right? Mm -hmm. So in whose image then? In the presence of the one that we're becoming more like, mm -hmm. Christ himself. Christ. Yeah, exactly. Right? Our brains were created to reflect what we focus on, who we spend time with, what we gaze upon, mm -hmm. right? Um, this is why some people will say, okay, you want to see who you'll become in five years? Look at the five people you spend the most time with. That is so true. And you slowly start to kind of become like them. So I read an article the other day, Julie, where um, this was, it was like about men's ministry. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was talking about cussing. Yeah. And it was fascinating that they talked about how when men are with other men, who like drop the F-bomb, mm -hmm. that no matter how, what your aversion is to cussing, mm -hmm. you will inevitably adopt that mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. And it, they didn't say it, but in my mind, knowing this was our topic, mm -hmm. I th that's mirror neurons. Mirror neurons, yeah. So it can be used for good or not. So it comes right? back to what you said. It's what we are focused on. Mm -hmm. And it's what we choose to do yeah. with what we have. And I think this is important because I think sometimes we forget 
that sanctification is a process. You know, salvation right. is something obviously that we receive. There's nothing we can do to earn that. This right. isn't works-based mentality. Right. But sanctification is a process that we respond and we walk out. You know, yeah. we come to church right. or we take 20 minutes listening to a podcast yeah. and then we fill our lives with crap the rest of the week. That's and right. we're wondering why aren't why am I not living out the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Why am I not more yeah. patient? Yeah. You know, I love the verse um it says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You know, I think there are lots of different ways to kind of analyze that, but given what we know about how our brain and our body are wired, it it sounds like we do play an active part in receiving Mm -hmm. and then responding to God's prompting on our lives. Um, through the Holy Spirit, yeah, absolutely. Right? He's given us this Holy Spirit to guide us. He's provided us these bodies as vehicles in which change can occur. So it makes sense to me that to work out your salvation with fear and trembling is simply working out what God has already worked in. Okay, right? that is that is a that is such a good statement. Mm-hmm. You know, it, preachers. You know, when you do what I do, if you're not careful, we'll treat salvation like a like a it's it happens in a flash. It's a moment. It's instantaneous. It, and it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you receive like, and you We say spirit. yes to Christ. We receive this mm-hmm. gift. But sanctification, which is the work of God's spirit within us, mm-hmm. never stops this side of heaven. Yeah. And and it is, it is an ongoing, mm-hmm. never ceasing work. And yeah. it's because we're not perfect this right. side of heaven. We live in a fallen world and yeah. we are continually being renewed and transformed. That's why I think these mirror neurons are so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like when when I'm with, well, here's a real tangible example. When I'm with you mm-hmm. and we're chatting about all the stuff that we talk about, mm-hmm. I, I get so interested in understanding how I'm made, mm-hmm. right? To the degree that I want to pass that along so that other people can experience this melding of faith and psychology mm-hmm. in such a way that's like, aha. Right. 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 But if I were to spend time with like a buddy of mine, we like, we like NASCAR races, mm-hmm. right? So we start talking about NASCAR races mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't wait to get to a race. Right. These mirror neurons are happening. Whatever we focus on, mm-hmm. the degree of good or bad has everything to do with the degree of sanctification happening within our lives. Yeah, it is that process and it is dependent. Sanctification can be dependent on how we apply what God's given us yeah. through prayer, worship, fellowship, and really just making space for change in our minds, mm. of course, in our schedules. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think spiritual change, relational change, mm-hmm. and as we're seeing here in the brain, even biological change, it does. It starts with that responsiveness. Yeah, I, I like the fact that when we think about responsiveness, we think to ourselves, well, how how would I become a person that would would maybe have a greater degree of empathy, or how would I become a person that would be more sincere, or how could I be a person that's more easily relational? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And and the answer to it through these mirror neurons, <clears throat> excuse me, through these mirror neurons, mm-hmm. are that well, I need to be with people that emulate that now. Yeah. Because yeah. they've picked it up from somebody. Mm-hmm. And you can strengthen your existing mirror neurons yeah. and become a more empathetic I person. grew up in a, uh, a re- deeply fundamental kind of church mm-hmm. where, you know, there was kind of this fear yeah. about, okay, you know, you don't want to lean too heavily into science or especially mm-hmm. psychology. I mean, that was like a cuss word. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I've, I've heard that, absolutely. Yeah. It, and I think it's when you, you silo it and view yeah. it only as... 
the source. Yeah, but it you literally are throwing away a huge part of how we've been created Mm -hmm. because this is, God made no mistake when he made the wonderful you Mm -hmm. and he has wired us in a way to desire how he's made us. Yeah. Inside of that desire, we learn through mirror neurons that I can become different Mm -hmm. through the process of sanctification, especially when I make a mindset shift Mm -hmm. to focus on something that I know Mm-hmm. Builds new neural pathways mm-hmm. that can give me greater empathy, a greater desire to pray, yeah, a, a desire to help other people, mm-hmm. to be kinder, yeah. all these things. The fruit of the I spirit. only say that because I feel like I I'm continually experiencing it, mm-hmm. even in just the creation of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think with mirror neurons, you know, when we look at it from like the the scientific perspective, and of course everything, our foundation. I think is the spiritual perspective. But I think when we are able to look at the scientific perspective, we can see that, uh, you know, originally when we look at mirror neurons, we think, okay, you're sitting in front of somebody and you're watching them do something, right? And then you model that. Okay, but can that happen if I'm not, like when I'm sitting here with you and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're sitting on the same sofa, we're talking about the same topic, Mm -hmm. I'm learning. And so there's some mirror neurons happening, Yeah. right? Yeah. Does that happen when you're not just right in front of yeah, me? Yeah, so I had the exact same question, and I think it's really important. It led me to some fascinating discoveries, Chuck. So the first thing I began to research is whether mirror neurons activate when we're reading, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think this question. is important, especially in light of faith, because mm-hmm. Jesus himself is not physically right. sitting right in right. front of us, right? Um, I wanted to know, are these neurons teaching us and changing us through something like imagery? Um, God has given us this ability to imagine things, right? And the answer to this is a resounding yes. So mirror neurons are activated when we read, when we use our minds to picture an experience, even if it's not happening in real time right in front of us. Okay, so let me stop for and just insert preacher time. Yes. Okay. Go for it. So when I say to somebody, I'd like to encourage you just read a chapter of Proverbs mm-hmm. that aligns with the day. So today, yes. where the day we're recording, it happens to be the 25th of the month. Mm-hmm. So this morning I read the 25th chapter That's of what Proverbs. We do. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a simple, easy solution. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to describe, but now I have a handle because of these mirror neurons that can happen in the imagery of reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see this concept of, wait a minute, that a wise person doesn't lose their self-control. You could picture them, you know, having that yeah. sense of self-control. Yeah. So th- like quick story. So yesterday, uh, we, Jenny and I, my wife and I had dinner with another couple and I was on the way there. It was during rush hour in Atlanta <laughs> and hard. this lady behind me, clearly she was in a hurry. Right. And uh, so I, I, it was like, two seconds that I wasn't quite on the gas, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's on the, on the horn, like, she, and she's sharing with me that I am number one, like <laughs> in a big way, you know? Yeah. And so I just, I thought, okay, I'm not falling for it. I'm yeah, not going to do it. Don't you take know? the bait. So I, I just kind of head on, mm-hmm. you know, she pulls up next to me, rolls her window down and just dog cussing me. Wow. Right. And, and I, I'm not going to do it. Right. You know, Char, I'm right. not going to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, I want to. Of course. Yeah. Right? But so I, I just kind of keep on going. Uh-huh. Right. I just keep on going. Uh-huh. And knowing we were going to talk about this. Uh-huh. Okay. I thought to myself, I have the ability 
to take on her anger. Oh yeah. In these mirror neurons. Well, that's what they say. Mirror neurons show us that emotions are contagious. Yes. Yeah. So here's the problem. I'm riding down the road. You know what flashed through my head? Hmm. I don't want to look like that. Yeah, that imagery. You could physically yeah. you could physically see it. But when we can draw upon that in our mind, it's really, really powerful. Yeah. And you know, I think for me, sometimes when my clients are having a hard time grasping something, it's really important for them to be able to um use imagery to kind of picture God with them. So I will say sometimes, let's take a moment and pause. Yeah. Let's draw our minds to the truth mm -hmm. that God is with you. Yeah. Like there is that sense of really being able to get into that, I love that. moment. Yeah. And as we do that, they're able to really picture his presence. They're able to really connect with him in that way. The more those mirror neurons fire, we actually begin to kind of model our lives after yeah. him. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that you do at service is this blessing. Yeah. And I, I know you probably get tired of saying it every single I do. Week. I really do. Yeah. But it's so powerful. You know, you share. So when I, when I don't share this blessing, mm -hmm. I, I get bombarded with emails that week. This, Where's this the say, blessing? I, I wait for this every week. We have it on our fridge. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you guys passed out oh, those cards. Oh, that's true. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the blessing kind of goes like this. You know, let, let Jesus go before you and make a way mm -hmm. and make your crooked path straight. So vivid imagery, right? Yeah, and you finish that statement with, that's what he does. Yeah. Right? Then the second part of it is, you know, let Jesus go within you mm -hmm. and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite part of the whole thing is, mm -hmm. because he is always good and you are always loved. Always loved, yeah. And then the third part that I you can almost watch people kind of melt with is, yeah. and when things don't go well, mm -hmm. When desperation happens, mm -hmm. which it will, let him come behind you mm -hmm. and pick you up and carry you, mm -hmm. not around the problem, but right through the middle of it. Yeah. So that you know victory when he sets you down on your two feet and wipes away your tears and kisses you on the forehead and wraps his arms around you and says, My child, I love you. Yeah. And everyone says with you, I, I love, love you. you. Yeah. And that is so powerful because it gives everyone in the room and online this ability to picture Jesus walking with them through whatever yeah. is happening yeah. in their lives, scooping them up, looking at them, reminding them yeah. of his love. And that imagery is something that throughout the week, when they picture Jesus, they picture that. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is why some theologians will say the most important aspect of our faith is what comes to mind for you when you hear the word God yeah. or God, the father, right? Yeah. That one can be very triggering sometimes. Yeah, that's so good. But for some, it's not a loving that's right. image. That's right. And it matters, especially, I mean, hugely because of these mirror neurons, yeah. but that's just kind of the scientific. You know, when, when I'm, um, when I'm leading people in like a, a prayer time, mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe so strongly that prayer shouldn't be, um, it, it shouldn't be one of those things that's ornate. It, mm -hmm. yeah, you yeah. know, it's just like, come on, you, you don't, you and I don't talk, you right. know, with that kind of <laughs> yeah. oh, heavenly no. voice, you yeah. know? <laughs> so I, I'll often say to people, imagine walking into a warm room with well-worn pine floors mm -hmm. and there's a roaring fire down at the end of the room and there's massive leather chair mm -hmm. and inside of it, that chair, God sits Yeah, and he puts his arms out and says, come on. Yeah. And you make this you make this run toward him, mm -hmm. you know, and a few feet from there you take a flying leap into his lap <laughs> and he catches you and he says, I'm just so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. You know, and in yeah. that imagery, that's how I imagine stepping into prayer. Prayer. 
Yeah. And that really does impact, not only does it fire our mirror neurons, but it impacts our nervous system. It helps us feel safe. Yeah. It helps us recognize that we're not coming into the presence of God. We, we can come freely. We can come bringing our whole selves um, to the table. So with, with that in mind, Julie, I, I think it's fascinating that this is once again a way in which we can see how our Creator built us, wired us, made us, changes us, and how science absolutely 100% supports what Scripture is already saying. Mm -hmm. So when we say that we merge faith and psychology, what we're really wanting to do with a listener is help you understand that your Creator has built you to change to acquire greater peace, to, be transformed. to acquire yeah. greater purpose, mm -hmm. and to do so in a way that you can join mm -hmm. him in that effort. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is when those mirror neurons become so powerful mm -hmm. that when I'm reading, when, when I imagine, when I learn, yeah. when I'm creative, yeah. all these things are happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know we're going to wrap up this series next week by taking kind of all this science and scripture and all the things we've discussed and putting it into these very clear and practical implementation steps. Um, I think this is important, Chuck, because even though we are giving kind of these principles to follow and there's there's there are these guidelines and frameworks for how we're built, God does work through each of us uniquely. Yeah. And I found, you know, I, I find this to be really, really interesting. I remember the first time I came and I spoke um, at Sugar Hill Church. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the brain and we talked about the different parts of the brain and how we experience God in different parts of the brain. And I will never forget a woman came up to me afterward in tears and she was just sobbing. And she said, I got in a car accident and it damaged this part of my brain wow. that you're telling me God communicates with me in, right? Oh my and gosh. she's like, is there any hope for me? You know, and what I find so interesting, and this was really, um, kind of echoed in some research that I was doing this week on mirror neurons is that God will use whatever we have to connect with us. And I find this fascinating. I found the most interesting study in the Journal of Neuroscience back from 2009. It has wow. to do with mirror neurons. In this study, researchers were trying to determine if people who are blind have the same mirror neuron responses as sighted individuals, right? Well, that is a fascinating Well, because you could sit there and think, wow, I, I can't see someone do something, you know, right? right? Just like this woman. And amazingly, uh, the results of the study show that they did have a neural response in the area wow. that houses mirror neurons. They utilized all their existing senses hmm. to kind of learn new skills and their mirror neurons fired when listening to other people perform activities, even if they couldn't see it. And I think that that I just found that so interesting and valuable that as we're talking about the brain, mm. as we're talking about transformation, I really want to encourage our listeners that God will meet you where you're at, with your unique capacities. We've got people who have different wiring in their brain, yeah. right? They're yeah. not necessarily neurotypical. And I think that God works through that in such unique and powerful ways, regardless of how our yeah. brains are built. Absolutely. I, I think to myself in this concept of mirror neurons, as we kind of wrap up today's show, Julie, that um, somehow, some way, what science has shown me in this particular episode is that I have the ability to change for good or bad, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and every part of my senses are a part of that. Yeah. 
So yeah. what I see, what I feel, what I smell, what I touch, all of this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is fueling those neurons yeah. for good or for bad. Right. And right. so while we've heard it probably more than we need to, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. With if we fuel our neurons with garbage, mm -hmm. then that's what we will mirror. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But should we choose to instill these spiritual disciplines like meditative prayer? Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture, mm -hmm. worship, worship, community worship, yeah, getting gathering together, all yeah. these things. We're going to break this down next week, yeah, as to how to do this and why it's important. Because every study would show, especially what we uh, you know, referred to last week, mm -hmm. is the concept that when we put these things in our life, with many other things, but sure, but yeah. in particular these elements, mm -hmm. then these neurons are firing for our good. For your good, yeah. They're helping us become more loving, more empathetic, more yeah. connected, both to others, ourselves, and most importantly, to God. This is what I get real excited about. When I am changing for my good, mm -hmm. I am changing for the greater good. Yeah. I'm changing for the betterment of my wife, my mm -hmm. children, my grandchildren, my church, my community, yeah. on and on. That's so true. And so I would just encourage all of us, share this episode mm -hmm. because there's something you've heard today that has probably piqued your curiosity and maybe you want to share it with a friend or a colleague or a spouse or a child. Mm -hmm. And as you do that, I, I think we can grab this and say, okay, you can't see Julie and I unless you're watching the video. <laughs> But you can hear. Yeah. And those senses are bringing imagery yeah. of these things that can allow me to continue to move and I can have that neuroplasticity functioning. Yeah. yeah. And I'm rethinking and changing the way I think. It's which, okay to be a curious person. Yeah. Right? As a matter of fact, it is essential. Mm -hmm. I would argue that one of the greatest ways you can grow spiritually is to be curious. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So thanks so much for joining us on this week's Positive Talk podcast. Julie, as always, you brought the goods today. Way to go. <laughs> well, I also brought a lovely little cold into the studio, so we're keeping our distance. I know, so I planned a hacking if call I, next week. If I sound like a frog, that's why. You know, I wasn't going to bring it up. <laughs> well, you can hear it. But you really do sound a little bit like that. I know. Yeah, but it's, it's okay. True. It's true. Because you're pretty awesome anyway. Thanks, Jack. I mean, so back to the end of the show. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us because we really do think that when you take faith in psychology, yeah. see them through the lens of our creator, right. then inevitably we can find a far more peace-filled and purposeful life. Mm -hmm. So thanks again for joining us. You can always find seasons one, two, and three on our website, which is positivetalkpodcast.com, or join us on Instagram or Facebook at Positive Talk Podcast. And by the way, our new YouTube channel, mm -hmm. which you just go to youtube.com slash Positive Talk Podcast. There you go. And you can find last week's or this week's version of the video mm -hmm. where Julie's kind of hacking and coughing <laughs> all over all of us. Not at my best. <laughs> but she's still awesome. But we're here. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you back next week for another edition. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the conversation on this week's Positive Talk Podcast. You can always find seasons one through three on our website at positivetalkpodcast.com. If Julie and Chuck shared something that inspired or encouraged you, please share this episode with friends, family, and your social media platforms. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Talk Podcast. As always, thanks for joining us and go in peace.